Well, are y'all ready? Have y'all enjoyed this preaching on love? How many of you think your love walk has been challenged a little bit? How many of you think it has improved some? Yeah, yeah. First thing that happens is you find out you're not doing very well. That's, that's the honest to God truth. And I'm, I say this jokingly, but Mark, Mark Hankins got this book, The Greatest Thing in the World, Walking in Love. And this was years ago. And he read it and he threw it across the room. And he screamed and said, nobody can live like this. That means he had a real problem with his love walk, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's good. It's, it's a good thing. I mean, thank God one day we'll, we will go to heaven and be with Jesus and the world, the flesh, and the devil won't be there to bother us anymore. And uh, some of y'all will be in a different mansion than your spouse and you'll have a wonderful time. <laughs> go next door, you know. Yeah. I told Lisa I'm going to move in with her. She goes, that wouldn't be heaven. So... <laughs> I told her I'm going to chase her around heaven. She says, we are not. <laughs> no, but anyway, where is she? She needs to come down. She's going to get herself wired up. Are you all ready? This has been a wonderful, wonderful series. I've enjoyed doing it. We're going to continue to do it even after Christmas because we're still on love is patient, love is kind. Remember I told you, you're not going to get very far. And before you start realizing, there's a lot in here. But you know, if God is love, and the only two commandments we have in the New Testament is love God with all your heart and your neighbors yourself, it should be apropos that we learn. I, and, and a lot of times, you know, there's the world has the idea of what love is. And it's not even, it's not, it's not what it really is. And so it's, it's odd when you start hearing what it really is because sometimes it's not what you thought. I know that people I talk to, they don't feel like they love someone or not unless they feel it. I don't, you know, you hear people say, I don't feel I'm in love with you anymore. Well, love is not a feeling at all. It has nothing to do with how you feel. And when you begin to hear that, you're like, well, shoot, I want to feel something. Well, you can, you, you can but, but, but don't base your love walk on the way you feel. Your feelings are your flesh, and flesh is selfish. And that's pretty, that's pretty when you get married and, you, and, you're, and you're, you know, the feelings come and go, you're thinking, what's wrong with me? Nothing. You're just a normal human being, you know. But love takes over, and you decide to walk in love no matter how you feel. So we're in the, we're in the, in the book, and... Um, I don't know what all Lisa's going to do tonight, but anyway, I'll, I'll jump into First John in a minute. But it says right here in the message, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. And, and it says love is patient with people. Love is kind. Um, love is not irritable or touchy. It does not demand its own way. Um, love stays in difficult relationships with kindness. It's gentle and consistently kind to all. Now, really, and I'm not talking about compromise either. We, we think that compromise in the word is love. It, it is not. There's a time to say something 
And it might be the kindest thing you ever did was to say something to somebody. But anyway, I want to go, I want to jump over to 1 John 4, 18 for a minute in your Bible. Go over there because I want to read because for years and years and years, I had a tough time with love. I, I knew that if I was going to walk in health, I was going to walk in love. And if I knew if I was going to walk by faith, I was going to walk in love. And, and so I determined, notice I said I, I determined I was going to work on my love walk. And I found out that I didn't do very well. Once you start reading love and then you look at your life and you say, I'm going to get better, and I didn't. Well, I'm going to be kind today. It lasted a short while. You get out on traffic, you know, like get off the phone, moron, drive the car, good God. You're like, okay, that blew that one. I just, (laughs) and so you realize, so I really struggled with loving people the way God said we were to love them. And I went to this scripture, and I want to read it, I want to read it, 1 John 4, uh, I'm going to read 17, love has been perfected among us in this that we have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so we in the world. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because. And I read that one day, and as I was reading it, the Lord brought it to my attention. And, he, and, and, and I I when reading perfect love drives out fear. That means if I can ever get my love perfect, I won't have any fear. But I was unable to do it. And as I began to study it, he said, you're, you're reading it wrong. My perfect love drives fear out of you. Amen. And I went, oh, it's not about my love. It's about your love. That So flipping it for me, God is love, I realized that as I began to meditate on how much he loves me, fear left. Then Mark says here in this, in the book, in the beginning, and I want to read this again because it's very, very, very powerful. Um. Just like a mother smiles her baby into smiling, God loves us into loving. If we don't have a revelation of the love of God for us, you won't walk in love. Because you can't give away what you don't have. So what you're giving is what you have, which is not much. So you can't afford to give money if you're broke. But if your daddy is a billionaire, then you can give all you want. Since God is love and he loves me unconditionally. Not based on what I do and don't do. As I begin to meditate on how much he loves me, it was very easy to love other people. Because now the struggle in me is gone. I'm not trying to walk in love to please God so my faith will work. 
That doesn't work. That doesn't work. But if I'm accepting he loves me as much as he does Jesus, and he's already loves me no matter what I do, now my faith can work. Because faith works by love. Not just my love, because my love will fail. But his love never fails. So having said that, now we need to kind of go back and talk about other people. Did you, have, did you want to dive in there? Well, he said a second ago about um, you can't give away what you don't have. You also can't give away what you don't know that you do have. If you don't know the scripture, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You don't think you have that kind of love to give away. If you don't know the scripture where Jesus commanded you, I want you to love people like I loved you, and now you have this love, then you don't know that you have it to give away. And so if someone gives you, dies and gives you a million dollars and you never heard about that your old aunt gave it to you, then someone comes up to you needing help. You're like, I don't have any money. When you have lots of money in a bank account that you don't know about, but it still belongs to you. So that's your part and our part to get in the word and say, what has he given us? What are we capable of? What has he put inside of us? So go to... Romans 13 with me, 13, 8, 8. We're going to read a really, really powerful scripture again, another really, really powerful scripture. Owe no one anything except to love one another. He who loves has fulfilled the law. Owe no one anything but to love. Now, one translation says you don't owe anybody anything, but you have a debt you'll never pay. Let's say that again. Let, let's stop for a minute and think about this because we're going to talk about loving people. You see, loving God is easy. He ain't never done nothing wrong. I mean, he ain't ticking anybody off lately. Not, not me anyway. It, it's people that are a pain. And they say things, they do things, and there's where we have a tough time. So going back to the fact that he loves us. We love because, we love because. We have a debt. Now, I'm going to read another scripture here. Pop Ephesians 2, 4 up and then 2, 12. Um, I'm going to read it off the screen. But God, who rich in mercy, because of the great love he loved us, you and I are here 100% because of mercy. And I think sometimes, you know, we get so in the, we're the righteousness of God in Christ, we need, we need to sometimes go back and go, if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't have anything. Now, that's hard for an American mindset because we sort of think oh, we helped him a little bit. You didn't help him any. All the knowledge you have, all the ability you have, all the love that you have, all of the goodness that you have, was given to you, and in Christ in you, the hope of glory, it's Jesus on the inside of you. So if everything you have 100% is mercy, why would it be so difficult for me to be merciful? Yeah. Amen. I, didn't, I didn't get mercy because I kept the law. So what happens when Amber is not keeping the law? 
do I go judge or do I go mercy? You go mercy. If you don't know what he did, you're not going to extend it. You're sort of in this, you people are driving me crazy. Well, maybe they are. Well, they're just like you. Thank you. Well, y'all are exciting. Let's read Ephesians now 2.12. At that time, you were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having how much hope? No hope. Not a drop. No hope. So, soul, I love saying that because Lisa and I, have we watch movies and, and I, I get movie lines stuck in my head. What was that? Um, I don't give movie titles out anymore. I'll just forgive her for telling the lies, okay? Um, New in Town, the movie New in Town, a girl from Miami goes up to Minnesota. Good God, it's funny. It's all good out. You get a Miami girl in Minnesota. She wanted to know where the remote was, turned the fireplace on. But all the people there speak like Matt, like Lynn Hammond, soul. I guess it's from eating cheese. But anyway, so think about this. You and I, all of us in here, no hope without God. Then is that the foundation for our love? Has to be. Has to be. If, If my circumstance was hopeless... And all I had was mercy. Should, should God not think I would be merciful? To whom? People who are hopeless. People everywhere. If you don't think like that, then you're going to start thinking that somehow or another somebody owes you. No one on this planet owes you a thing. My wife, she should do that. She don't owe you anything. My husband, he don't owe you anything. My church, they don't owe you anything. Nobody owes you anything. You have a debt you'll never pay. You're in debt. You're a hundred billion dollars in love debt. You have a love debt. And Jesus wants you to pay it back on each other. So, you know, when you have a debt, you don't have any money. Thank you. I think the point here that we need to also see is that, you know, in 2 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 5.17, I always say 1 Corinthians or 5 or 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Not imputing their trespasses against them. He said, I am not holding the sins against. If God, yeah, and think about that a minute. If God is already poured his wrath on Jesus and he's not mad at the world but we are. We're mad at everybody. So if he's not holding their sins or our sins against us, we're not to hold other people's sins against them or to keep score. Now that doesn't mean that it is okay to have evil just run rampant in your life and for there to be no justice I'm talking justice versus your revenge. I'm going to 
Okay, go to James chapter Amen. two, verse twelve. So we're not holding here. It the is. Sins. Here's the same thing again. See, we're, we're even though we're talking about the love of God for us, what we're talking about is each other. Amen. We have to think this way because everyone in here married an imperfect person. Everyone in here came out of a tree with nuts. We all did. We all did. We all. Someone says, someone said to me one time, says, so-and-so came from a dysfunctional family. I said, everybody under Adam came out of a dysfunctional. Adam and Eve were dysfunctional. So, you, you know, we all want to blame our circumstances and the people on why we're the way we are, and it isn't true. That's true. You can love God and receive the love of God and walk in the love of God no matter what anybody does. Jesus did, and he grew up in a government worse than ours. Amen? So let's read this scripture now, and then we're going to start putting them all together, and we're still on love is kind. We're, 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 on the, we're on the second word. How many weeks have we been going? So speak and so do is those who will be judged by what law? What, what law do you want when you die? The law of liberty. I want the law of liberty. So what are you using? On each other. Amen. On each other. The law of what? Liberty. Amen. So it isn't that Angela deserves it. I'm not, I'm not treating Angela nice because she deserves it. It has nothing to do with whether Amen. she deserves it. Amen. Or Amber. It's not a matter of whether Amber deserves it. Jesus gave it to me. I didn't deserve it, so I'm giving it to Amber. Who doesn't deserve it? Who will give it to Angela? Who doesn't deserve it? And this is called the second commandment. Amen. Amen. <laughs> this is called love your wife as Christ love. loved. Well, you don't know my wife. I don't care if she's terrible. He didn't say unless she's terrible. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, boy, I'm doing real Amen. good. So listen to this. So speaking, those who will be judged by the law of liberty, judgment is without mercy. Whoa. That's heavy. Amen. Are you in control of how much Mercy comes your way. Yes. Amen. Yes. So would it be wise to do random acts of kindness to people who don't deserve it? Since that's what you want? Boy, I'm doing good tonight. Y'all can go. You're just, you're on it tonight, boy. This is good. Anyway, um, Dive in there if you want to. I'm going to go to another scripture. So in Psalm 103, 11, it says, and he read Ephesians 2, 4, and this really coincides with Psalm 103, which was written before Ephesians. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Think about how high the heavens are above the earth. So great is his mercy. And then it says, as far as the east is from the west... So far has he removed our transgressions a, that, from us. The reason he said the east from the west is because the east and the west don't have a pole. They don't ever meet. 
He didn't say as far as the north is from the south because at some point you go, you, you head south from the north, you're going to hit a pole. You go back, you're going to hit a pole. But there's no east and west pole. That's why if you go east, that's as far as in, in his mind, you just keep going east and going around You'll the never go west. You'll never Your see west. Your sins will never meet up again. They will never meet again. And he said he's thrown them in the depths of the sea. Why did he say that? Because the depths of the sea have the capacity to swallow up, Right? To swallow up sin. So what I'm trying to say here is that if he's that merciful to you, then you can be merciful to other people and not score and hold account of their sins against you. So I'm going to go to Matthew 18 now. We're on the same one theme, but you're going to see this. It runs through the Bible. Remember I started off talking about my love walk. Well, it helped me to remember where he brought me from and why. I'm going to say something, and I hope this doesn't make you all mad. I'm almost glad I was a heathen. I'm glad I have a great appreciation for grace. Oh, man. You know, I mean, you know, when when the dogs are chasing you, you all don't know what it's like to know if they catch you, you're going to prison. You, and, and you hear, oh, it doesn't matter that you're tired. It, it doesn't matter. You run, and you run, and you fall in ditches, and you run into barbed wire fences, and you run through bramble bushes, and you rip the skin off your body, and you keep running. And then at the end of the day, you go, I need God. <laughs> and he answers Amen. and forgives Amen. And, and, and lifts you up and treats you like you've done no wrong. That's huge. That's huge. <laughs> and the, the Bible says he gives us life and life more abundantly. The truth is, is to live abundantly as on page, uh, what, whatever, 34, 35, to live abundantly is to love abundantly. To love forever is to live forever. Hence, eternal life is inextricably bound up with love. It's all bound up in love. So loving people is the commandment. That, I mean, do unto others as you have them do unto you. That's the whole Bible, right? So he's, but he's talking about what we do to other people. And all of us, every one of us in this room, at some point. Now, I'm going to read something to us because I read a book one time by I think it's Cole Stringer, I think his name. And he is the uh, ICFCM leader in Australia under Copeland, under Copeland's ministry. And he said that from all that his research, 80% of Christians are offended with each other. 80. 80. 80% of people are offended. Let me make a statement to you. If you walk in this church, someone will tick you off. If they don't, let me know. I mean, I'm sorry if it hasn't happened to you yet. So my question is. We can is, plan that. <laughs> who, whose, attitude, whose attitude are you a reflection of? Hmm. Well, somebody done me wrong. Sweetheart, everybody on the earth has been done wrong. Are you all out there? Going, I'm, I'm just telling you, we're, we're, a, touchy, we're a touchy people. 
I know I can preach five good sermons. If I preach a bad one, next Sunday, there's 20 people out. Big, fat babies. <laughs> You're looking for the perfect church? Don't go. You'll screw it up. That's pretty brutal, isn't it? I mean, if your temperature gauge is always based on how other people treat you, you're going to have one sad, miserable life. You are, yeah, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be up man. and down like a roller coaster. And if everything that you're gauging on and, and the way you react is the way someone acted towards you, you're, you're just going to have a sad life. So if God loves you, what does it matter? I love something Andrew Walmack said one time. A lady came up in Reamedy Mountain. He said, who are you that I would care? Why are you letting someone else wreck your day? I mean, who are they that they can wreck your day, you know? I'm thinking, <laughs> I've had a chihuahua bark before. You just get a, just don't be so, don't be so touchy and, and, and easily. And they might be telling you the truth even though you didn't feel it. You felt terrible. So I'm going to read a scripture to you that has changed my whole way of dealing with people, and, I'm, and we'll get into a little bit of the side issues here, and you'll love this. The parable of the unforgiving servant. I'm not going to read it all. And Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? <laughs> he said, no, not seven. Seven times 70, and that's in a day. And Peter's like, increase my faith. And, and I... <laughs> So anyway, anyway, the, the, the story is a servant uh, came to him and owed literally, um, I wished I had it written in this Bible, um, I, I, literally billions of billions of dollars. And he says, give me a chance and I'll pay all. How's he going to pay it back? He has no means to pay this back. So it says he forgave him. He released him the debt. Billions. That's huge. But we read here that he went out and found somebody that owed him $18 and put him in jail. That's you and I. That's the stuff that happens to us on a day by day by day by basis. Okay, I'm going to read this now. And the master, okay. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved. And they told it to the master. And his master, after he had called him, said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you have not had compassion or mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And the master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he'd pay all. So my heavenly father will do to you. If you from your heart don't forgive his brother, here's their trespasses. That is massive. He didn't say, unless you have a real good reason. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty five, if you have ought, ought ain't even bad yet. It's just ought. I ought not have done this. You and ought not you have done that. You ought not have done that. <laughs> now, Lisa and I watched a program one night, and you can help me with this. With this, it was the guy that got stung by the jellyfish. And, and his mother was praying for him. She's a spirit-filled Christian. And, but he was roaming the earth as a surfer because he's just self-centered boy. 
He got stung by a bunch of jellyfish. One of them would have killed him. And he got stung a lot. Crawled up on the shore. The, the taxi cab driver thought he had been doing drugs. People thought he was doing drugs. Nobody would help him. And he's in the, the room. He, finally, he gets to the hospital through a, just a miracle. And he has a vision of Jesus. But Jesus takes him back to all the people that ticked him off that night. You need to forgive them. And the man was wrong to treat him that way. But Jesus is talking to him. He's fixing to die and go to hell. And he's talking to this young man. Well, the Chinese man, what are you going to do about that? And, and finally, he just broke down, and, and, and he's in a, first he's, he, he's in a room that is solid black, which means he had died. And then he went and saw Jesus, and Jesus was talking to him about what had happened to him that night. And um, finally, he got it all forgiven. Somewhere along the line, he got healed and came back and raised from the dead, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. But, but the Lord showed him he wouldn't, even, he wouldn't even talk to him until he forgave. There's another one more story about the, the man that Reinhard Bonnke raised from the dead. You should go watch the video because it's the pastor. Pastor Daniel. It's the pastor. And when he dies, the angel said, you're not coming to heaven, you're going to hell. That'll scare the hell out of you. And he said, why? Because he had kicked his wife out of the house. Now, I'm not, there's times that you need to separate. You have an abusive husband, an abusive wife. You know, the Lord told me one time, he said, you know, you, you might want to sign the papers or you're going to get a disease. You know, if you have a spouse that's not being faithful and they're not doing right, there's a time to make the cut, but not because you want it. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, amen. Okay, there's, a, there's abuse. So this man was brutal and he was mean and she came back and said, please forgive me. And he said, no. And he sent her home, and then he got in a car crash and died. His wife's one that prayed him back from the dead. Yeah. Well, they got back together. At the end of the video, he says, my wife and I travel all over Africa preaching on forgiveness. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Uh, you know, I, I, I read that, and I went, well, Sean die. I don't want to die right now. Anybody else? Thank you. Come on, help me. Say, I don't want to die right this minute. Amen. So why are we holding things against people when God's not holding anything against us? Are they controlling you? If God is for me, who? See, if, you don't, if you're not founded on the love of God, you won't do this. Thank you all. Because you're just thinking about yourself all the time. But and, you don't, Okay, go and ahead. And he says later on, the next verse, go to 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. And another uh, verse, it says, so will my heavenly Father do to you. He'll turn you over the torturers. We're talking about your heavenly Father. We're not talking about you as a sinner. We're talking about this is so massive to him. He says, I have forgiven you much. All I'm asking you to do is to forgive others. Not that you like what they did. You forgive them, and you give them to God. I, I want to tell a story real quick about Brother Hagen met the, I, maybe I told the other night, the lady, he met a lady, and he was staying at her house having dinner, and 
she wanted him to pray for her, his, uh, her epileptic daughter, just a little daughter, three or four or five years old, kept having epileptic seizures. And she's like, please pray for my daughter. As he got to talking to her, he found out that she had a lot of bitterness towards her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law, you know, was being a pain. I mean, she was. It wasn't just an you know, an unwarranted thing. She would try to come in the house and she'd come in the house when she wasn't invited and just start taking over and taking control. And no wife likes that. You know, when your husband mother comes home and starts running your household, you know, I mean, if you want to be his wife, you can, you know, go home with him and I'll find something else to do with my life. But the truth is, is that she absolutely told him, I hate my mother-in-law. And she's born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking believer. Pastor's wife. Pastor's wife. Pastor's wife. And yeah. she said, I hate my mother-in-law. And so Brother Hagen said, well, the word of God says in 1 John that if you hate someone, you're a murderer. And no murderer will take part in, in heaven. And it will not go to heaven. She said, oh, okay. Well, then he said, now I want you to look at me right now and look me in the eye and say, I hate my mother-in-law. So she looked Brother Hagen in the eye, and she said, I hate my mother-in-law. And he said, what happened to you when you just said that? She said, she lowered her eyes, and she said, well, something was scratching me on the inside. He says, that's because the Spirit of God is that's dealing the love of God the in love you. of God. He says, you don't really hate her. You don't like what she's doing. You need to forgive her, and you need to act like she is what you want her to be. And so, and he said, we'll talk about your daughter later. And so she started treating her mother-in-law with respect and honoring her, and it got to be. Brother Hagan said, treat her like you do love her, because you do. That's right. And, and so she turned, changed her attitude. And it turned the whole home around. And her, daughter, began to treat. and her daughter was healed. And so her little daughter didn't have a seizure then for two solid weeks. So, and then she well, had anyway, another yeah. seizure. So Brother Hagen says, now that you've gotten your, your life back together and walking in love, tell the devil, I'm walking in love, which is, the, which is fulfilling the whole law. Right. So get your hands off my daughter. And the daughter was instantly healed. Yeah, so the daughter had another seizure two weeks later, and the mother looked at the daughter and told Satan, I'm walking in love now. You don't have any authority here. Get your hands off my daughter, and immediately the seizure stopped, and then she never had another one. So I'm going to read out of this book here, The Greatest Thing in All the World, Walking in Love by Henry Drummond. Kindness, love active. Have you ever noticed how much of Christ's life was spent doing kind things and merely doing kind things? Run over it with that in view, and you will find that he spent a great proportion of his time simply making people happy in doing good turns to people. There's only one thing greater than happiness in the world, and that's holiness. And it's not our keeping, but what God has put in our powers, the happiness of those around us. That is largely to be secured by our being kind. The greatest thing one, someone says a man can do for his heavenly father is to be kind to his children. That would be all of us. I wonder why it is that we're not kinder than we are, how much the world needs it, how easily it is done, how instant 
instantaneously it acts, how infallible it is remembered, how superabundantly it pays itself back. There is no debtor in the world so honorable, so superbly honorable as love. Love never fails. Love is success. Love is happiness. Love is life. Love, I say with Brown, is the energy of life. For Okay, okay, let me jump around here because I need to read this. Where love is, God is. That dwells in love dwells in God, for God is love. Therefore, love without distinction, without calculation, without procrastination, lavish it upon the poor, where it is very easy, especially upon the rich who often need it the most. Most of all on our equals, where it is difficult, and perhaps we do the least of all. There is a difference between trying to please and giving pleasure. Give pleasure. Lose no chance to give pleasure. It is the ceaseless, anonymous triumph of a loving spirit. I shall pass through this world but once. Any good thing, therefore, I can do or any or kindness that I can show to another human being, let me do it now and let me not defer or neglect it for I will not pass this way again. You have one opportunity to do good, and we're here. So what's the one reason we don't? We spend too much time thinking about ourself. And, and don't, get, you know, don't get mad at me, but we all, how am I doing? What am I wearing? I'm hungry. I'm, oh, I'm the, you know, um, so I'm going to tell a story on me. Because it says love doesn't brag, but I'm going to have to brag. Lisa loves Christmas lights. I mean, she just loves them. And um, she, she kind of starts talking to me somewhere around Thanksgiving to get up on the house and, and put them all up. And I kind of tell her I'll have it done before Christmas. And then I tell her I'm not sure which Christmas, but I'll have them done before Christmas. So finally I get out and I put all the lights up. And when I got it, I had a strand of lights that half of them didn't work. Well, to me, too bad. I mean, I had a hard, I was on the pinnacle of the house up there. I mean, that's really hard. Well, love is what? Patient and what? Come on, y'all, say it again, kind. Then the other strung I put up was backwards. And they didn't come on. Well, I did. I put them, turned them on, and it blew the fuse. It blew the breaker. So she says, well, you ought to get up there and turn them around. And I'm like... I don't speak English. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's important to her. You know, I want, I want my wife happy. I have a good wife. So that night, we, I get all the lights on and everything. And so I'm at home, and, it, and, and she's got them set to come on at 6. And, I, and at 530, it was dark. And I went out, and, and the timers weren't on yet. So I went out and turned all the lights on. So she would drive in the driveway and and go wow, Christmas town. Christmas town. Christmas town. Now you know, of course, I I, I followed her around the house, asking her, to, reminding her how kind I was. <laughs> I'm being kind right now. I'm being kind I was right very now. kind I to was you. Very kind to I was very kind. Did you notice, Did you notice I was very kind? kind? I, was? I am strutting. I am bragging. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get I'm to that one kind. next. <laughs> Next week, love doesn't strut. I am proud of my. But kindness. in all reality, <laughs> you, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to sit around and think, what would make that person happy? You you don't have to spend millions of dollars. You you can do nice things Amen. for people. 
you can do something for someone and just make their day. Just a kind word or just do something. I bought people coffee in the, in the line that I'm standing in at the gas station at a convenience store. And I, and I said, what are you getting? He said, oh, just a cup of coffee. And I looked, I said, I got that. You don't have to do that. I, I, you're right, I don't. I'm going to, though. Well, why are you doing it? I said, because I'm a good person. You know. <laughs> well, thank you. Amen. Usually they'll walk out and talk Amen. to you for a few minutes, which is what I'm after. And, um, and then I'll say, listen, I just want to let you know, and I, it, Jesus is Lord. He loves you. I love you. Have a good day. You know, that might be the only kind word anybody said to them all day long. People respond to kindness. They respond to nice. And Amen. you and I can choose to do it. Amen. Amen. So, so I found out that my son Josh loves Chinese food. Lord have mercy. What's that little restaurant he likes? Little walk. walk. China walk. So I went and took him to the store the other day, and I said, you, you hungry? And he goes, yep. I said, you want something to eat? He said, you buying? I said, yep. <laughs> and he got a big smile. And off to the walk we walked. And but then you, you went to Publix? No, we went to Publix first. Oh. I made him buy Christmas presents yeah. for everybody. yeah. Josh loves to save his money. Um, but, you know, <laughs> just looking around at what, what we can do during the day, do things for people. Um, I want to read this. This is really good. It's, it's in your book. So go to page 39. And it says, there are nine aspects of the love of God. Page 39 of this book, Love, the Secret to Success. There are nine aspects of the love of God halfway down the page, which can be described as light shining through a prism and dividing into many colors. Patient, first of all, love is grace for imperfect people. Are you perfect? No. Grace you want grace from God and from other people? Yes. Love is not in a hurry, but is persistent and prepared to wait. It is graceful under pressure. Kind, this is the one I wanted to say. The best thing that you can do for God, for your father, is to be kind to his kids. You can't love the father and not love his children. So the truth is here is that if you are a mom or a dad and you have children or had children, maybe they're all grown now, didn't it warm your heart when your children got along with each other? Didn't you want them to see them showing love and respect and kindness and wanting to do things with each other instead of constantly being fighting against one another? It, it broke my heart to see my sons at odds for long periods of time at one another. And as they grew older, if one just, just wasn't didn't want to be around one for a long period. Because you know, as a mom, I wanted them all to get along. I wanted them all to be patient with the other one. This one had faults. This one had faults. This one has issues. Yes, they do. But to constantly see one of them just not wanting to have anything to do with the other one because of the issues, it, you know, it breaks your heart as a parent. And so the God, the Father, where do you think that comes from? It comes from the heart of the father. It breaks his heart when he sees his kids being unkind to each other. He wants, they're his kids. 
you're his daughter, I'm his daughter, you're his son, he's his son, whatever. You're all his kids, and he loves it when you see, when he sees you loving your brothers and sisters. And that is huge in the area of, I know that's his heart. If you want to show me how big you are, show me how you lift the little man. Amen. I want to read a story in the Bible. I think we've got about 15 minutes left. And um, this is a powerful story. We've heard it many times. But I'm hoping that tonight, the way I read it, will have a great impact on you, especially being the Christmas season. It's Jesus and the woman at the well. I'm going to read this story. Um, it says, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard uh, he baptized more disciples, Jesus didn't baptize. He left Judas and departed to Galilee, and he needed to go through Samaria, and he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. It's noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. John 4, 1 through, I'm in 4 now, 6. Let's talk about this woman for a minute. When it says a woman came to the well alone, women don't go to the well alone. Why is she at the well alone? We are going to read here that Jesus says, you know, talks about her husband. He says, you don't have a husband. Matter of fact, you've had five. So we have a woman whose society has said, you're of no value. The man she's living with now won't marry her. And the women won't go to the well with her. She's a lonely lady. So society has given her the due because she is a sinner. But, of course, Jesus told the Pharisees, all of y'all are sinners. Okay, let me, let's pick it up here. A woman of Samaria came to the well draw water. Um, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The woman of Samaria said, how is it you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. She's a little bit like, what? Why are you even, number one, you're a man. You remember when Jesus, when he was 12 years old, was coming back from Jerusalem? The reason that Mary and Joseph did not know where Jesus was, men did not travel with women. Hallmark had not been invented yet. They didn't have romance. They were married. The woman was just a little above the slave and the dog. She's just, she's not. That's why they had women in one side of the church and men. Women didn't go to school. Women didn't learn to read or write. Women were treated very roughly as, I mean, we're talking about even if she had a good husband, she'd have been treated bad. But she doesn't even have that. So for Jesus to talk to her, that's a big deal. He goes up, hey, I'd like to have something to drink. She's like, what? What's going on here? Why are you talking to me? Why are you talking to me? Apparently, you don't know who I am. Now, I'm reading this because this is society today. 
We have people in our church, and they're just not good. What they need is love. What they need is, I know God's accepted them, but they can't feel that. But they can feel yours. Okay, let's go. I'm going to finish. The woman of Samaria came. The Jews, and Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God who says to you, give me a drink, you'd ask me, I'd have given you living water. Sir, you don't have anything to draw with. The well's deep. Where are you going to get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank it? And so anyway, whoever drinks this water, and you know that, will have everlasting life. He said, well, I want you to give me some of this water so I don't have to come back here. He said, call your husband. The woman said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, yeah, you said that. You have no husband. You've had five. But what's he doing? He's engaging with her because he cares about her. This is odd to her that anybody would even care. Right now, we have people all over America. They're not getting, we have kids that come in here. Their parents are home on drugs. They don't have, they don't, there is not a drop of love in their house. And you people who do kids, God bless you. I know that you had to get up from hearing a great sermon, but you became a sermon. You became there are a sermon. kids, Amen. and there's kids Jeannie brings in here. Amen. All they have at home is drugs and booze and, and hate and cussing. That's true. The only love they ever have is when they walk in this church. That is true. Sometimes you need to watch these kids. I do something every Sunday morning, and you know, you've seen me do it. I call every little girl a princess mm. because, because maybe her daddy doesn't. Doesn't. Yeah. I just I ask them, do you does Disney know you're gone? They go, What? I said, Well, you're a princess, aren't you? All of them say, Yes, I am. They all say, I am a princess. I said, I can tell because you are beautiful. And they're like, Yes. (laughs) Not just blowing smoke. Amen. Amen. That's right. I, I, I grew up, my mom and dad were divorced, and I had teachers that treated me mean because my parents were divorced. Folks, that's, it is just not right. The world out there, these people are just plain mean. Yeah. And if you ever, what, what's, what's it going to cost you to compliment you, someone? Nothing. It didn't cost you anything. Yeah. To tell them, have a good day, God loves you, be blessed. Amen. Okay. Amen. Anyway, let's, let's, um, you've had five husbands. The one you have now is not your husband. You spoke, and the woman said, I perceive you're a prophet. Our father's, now she's going to go religious on him. Now we're going to talk about what church you go to. It's the only thing she knows. She don't go to church. She just heard a preacher preach something one day, you know. And he said, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when it don't matter where you go to church. So she meets this guy. She goes back into town. She goes, I think I met the Messiah. Was it, was it the word of knowledge? Yeah, partly. Maybe it was the kindness. Maybe it was the compassion. Yeah. Maybe it was the love. You know that everybody Jesus healed was bad? Amen. Okay, y'all, let's do this one more time. Everybody that he healed was sinners. They were all sinners. They had no identity. 
in, in the morning. I mean, they were, they, yeah, they were just ugly people. And yet he gathers up and has compassion on them all. It drove the Pharisees slap nuts. That goes back to that scripture you quoted earlier, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Um, him who knew sin became sin. What was it right before that? Um, not, imputing. not imputing. I, I want to read that. I'm going to read that and then turn this back over to Lisa for a minute. This is, folks, this is powerful. And, and, we, and right now, I mean, it's Christmas. And if we, ever re, we ever remember this. It really ought to be now. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing. Not you're gay, you're a fruitcake. We had a boy came to the um, my, my father's son camp out. Black hair, black shirt, black pants, black earrings, black eyeshadow. I think he was supposed to be a demon, right? Something to that nature, a Satan worshiper. I poured so much love on that boy, he went home sticky. That's true. I worked up and I said, what's your name? And he told me, I said, boy, I'm glad you came. I don't give a real, we ain't talking about your black. You want to make a statement with me? I can see past the black. Black everything you got on. You're you're just a messed up. I didn't say that. Dress goth. Yeah, I didn't say anything about that. And um, just loved on him and said, can I get you something to eat? And got him a hamburger and a hot dog and then and let him roam around and talk to people. And I went over there and got him a bow and took him off and taught him how to shoot and asked him if he wanted to go fishing. And just treat him good. And I believe that before it was all over with, not that night, but a couple months later, he was sitting in our living room on our couch with his girlfriend who we brought to church. And um. I won't say her name, but she got born again here in the youth group. And then um, he, I believe, said the sinner's prayer on our couch in the log cabin in our living room. And so, you know, like he said, this way may never pass again. You may only have one opportunity, and you need to take it. I want to read this on page uh, 41. It says, how to walk in God's kind of love, page 41. When you see how much God loves you, you can forgive yourself. Go ahead, uh sell and go to 1 John 4, verse 7 through 11. When you see how much God loves you, you can forgive yourself. When you see how much God loves you, you can forgive yourself. You've made mistakes. A lot of time there are people, the reason they have so much trouble forgiving other people is because they haven't forgiven themselves. They're holding themselves so accountable. They're miserable. And that when someone else does something wrong, they just jump all down their throat because they're in so much pain and guilt and shame. And they're just a miserable, miserable, miserable person. And so you look at those people and that's why I'm reading this to you. You need to learn how to say, Lisa, Kathy, Barbara, Joe, Jim, I forgive you. I forgive myself for those things because God's not holding against. Why am I holding that against me and letting it affect my day and my life and then therefore affecting other people that really don't need to be a part of that? And so by doing this, you release yourself and others from past hurts, sins, and disappointments. Unforgiveness can open the door to sickness and the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Be quick to repent quick to forgive, 
and quick to believe. And I was talking to Reverend Teresa about this the other day. The truth is, uh, if you can remember that, be quick to repent, quick to forgive. You repent. Some people are quick to repent, but not quick to forgive. They're quick to repent themselves. Well, you need to be quick to repent on you're not, on, you're not forgiving somebody else. You need to be three things, quick to repent, quick to forgive, and quick to believe. Amen? And we were talking about this the other day. When Satan comes in and he tempts or he, he actually comes in more on a more uh, a Christian, more with offenses. And so when he gets his little foot in the door, you know, it's like you saying, you know what, okay, I'm going to harbor this just for a little while because there's, there's, it's, it's making me feel a little bit good. I'm just going to hold this. But the truth is, is that when you open the door to a, a wild hog or a pig and let him come in your house, you can have a baby gate up all you want saying you can only stay in the kitchen. They don't stay in the kitchen. If you ever seen a pig rooting in the woods, they're everywhere, everywhere, and everywhere. So you let a pig come in your house, he's going to have access to every room in the house. Whether you like it or not, you can have your baby gates up all you want. But he is running through those gates, and he will root up every room of the house. You don't let the devil in one little area of your life and go, I'm going to compartmentalize you here because, you know what, I kind of nursing that. And then I'm going to be glorious in all these other rooms of my house and my inner self. No, when that foot comes in the door, he has access to every part of you. And so you don't have that choice to compartmentalize your little offense here and then be praising the Lord somewhere else. He has already, you have opened the door wide open. So it's important, regardless of your feeling, it doesn't matter how you feel. This is not about how we made you feel. God just says, forgive, and he'll take well, care of it. We're going to run out of time here before. She, listen, love is not provoked, not touchy, rough, or hostile, graceful under pressure, thinks no evil, Amen. does not keep account of wrongs done to it. Instead, erases resentment. Amen. Get rid of the list. Amen. Get it under the blood. I told Lisa the other day, I have a bottle of sparkling grape juice in the refrigerator. It's my communion. Amen. When I found out that Smith Wigglesworth took communion every day, I didn't feel so bad. Taking at least once a month <laughs> <laughs> or once a week. <laughs> but there are times when I'm battling with something. Yeah. I'll just go in there and get my communion set out and sit and take communion. Amen. I'll just say, Heavenly Father, I'm going to get this under the blood. I'm going to pray for them and give all of this to you. And I ask you to take care of this. Because I, you can't carry stuff around. Amen. Somebody done me wrong. Honey, we've all been done wrong. That's Sometimes true. on purpose. The yeah. things people say and do, why? Don't know. Don't care. Not reckon my day. Amen. If you want to live a good life, you really are going to have to learn to live like this. Amen. Um, Lisa and I talk about, we, we get around Trina and Mark and Mary Fran. Some of these people, their love walk is impeccable. The, the stuff people do and say, and they just walk in love. They just walk in love. And I'm, it's quite a testimony to watch these people. And you think, well, if they can do it, apparently we can too. 
Amen. And so I'm, I'm hoping that some of our testimonies tonight, um, it says it believes the best. I want you to do something that Lisa's mother told her when we first got married, and I have since taken Lisa's mother's advice. When you're having a problem with someone, and I'm thinking especially your spouse or someone close, write down the thing you don't like. Flip the paper over and write down all the stuff you do. Write their good qualities down. I guarantee you the backside will have a whole lot more on it. So Lisa's mother looked at him and says, well, what'd you marry him for? And she said, write on a piece of paper what you don't like. And I'm, I'm glad there was only two things on it. Uh, there was six. Oh. <laughs> Somebody's keeping a record around here. Set. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's still six. I wanted to set only that six story is still straight. Good. He always says there was two. There was okay. six. six. <laughs> I think there was But I forgot two. what they were. But it was good because she flipped the page over and began to make a list. And it began to her to stop and go. Amen. You know what? This, and I can live with those six. So how many lines are on a sheet of paper? Is it 26? 20-something. I filled up the whole back side. So there were six on one side, and then when I flipped it over, I filled up the whole back side. So it was 23 lines or 26, whatever it is. Um, that's a huge difference. So when you're thinking of the good people do, you're a whole lot more apt to, to love on them, be nice. So it's really up to you to, make, to get your mind and stop and think. Okay, it, it, they did one thing. Lighten up. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Come on. Look at all the good they do. Look at how much good they do. Um, all of us have our strengths and our weaknesses. That's true. We all have them, and we all have un, we all have expectations, and some of it's unrealistic. Yeah. It's just not right, and we need to ask ourselves: Am I being unrealistic here? And even if you're not, just sit back and start off with: Thank you. I'm not going to hell. Amen. Thank you for the we'll blood of Jesus. We'll begin right here. Thank let's, you. Let's I'm not going to hell. Let's make this foundation important. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. I'm not in a hospital right Amen. now. Amen. And thank you. I'm not in a state penitentiary. Amen. And thank you. I'm not married to anyone else. And thank you that <laughs> she married me and and her mother straightened her out and she stayed. You know, there's so many good things you could sit and think about. Amen. And I'll tell you how you're acting is based on what it is you're thinking about. That's true. And the devil is going to talk to you, and you're going to have to make yourself think good. So just a little side note, and then I want to read, I want us all to read 1 John 4, 7 through 11. The truth is, is that this is, a, this is a powerful thing to know and to learn. Feelings are good. God has feelings. He made us, but we're not to be run by them. God is not run by his emotions, but God has emotion. So we're not up here going, don't worry about your feelings. Don't worry about your emotions. The truth is what we're saying is that whatever you think about causes emotions. So if you're thinking bad, you're going to have a bad feeling. So you have to watch your thought processes. You have to watch what you're allowing to come in. And it's one thing for the devil to send a fleeting thought, but it doesn't have to lodge there. 
you can send it right out the other side. So whatever you're thinking about is what the feeling is going to go on inside of you. If you think good about us, you're going to like us. If you think about something stupid we did, you're going to think we're stupid. And you'll be out the door looking for the perfect church. It's what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the five good things we did up here? Are you focusing on the one stupid thing we said? Whatever you're thinking about is going to cause that emotion to be whatever that emotion is to be. So it's very important that you think good about people and believe the best, and you'll feel, you'll feel good about them. So ready? Here we go. Let's say this together. Beloved, let us love one, one another, another, for love, love is, is of God, God. And, and every one who loves is born of God and knows God. God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Keep going. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but But that he loved us us and and sent sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if If God God so loved us, we we also ought to love love one another. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it's Christmas. I know y'all have been out doing things for other people. But buy the gifts that don't cost anything. You can say kind things. Pick up a phone. Make a phone call. You know, let people know you think about them. Let them know you care. Sometimes I just have it in my heart to make a phone call to someone and go, how are you doing? I just wanted you to know we were thinking about you. Is there someone in your life that you haven't talked to in a while that you could just say one kind word to, even though it might be awkward? They might need to hear it. You know, COVID has messed the world up and said, Pastor, you can't come to the hospital. I hate that. I actually went to the hospital um, with a man that was had COVID, and I said, I want you to go in there and tell him I'm out here praying for him. You don't want to be laying there dying and not a soul care. That's, that's a wicked way to go, and the world is brutal. You say, well, I couldn't get to see him. I got close. I wanted him to know someone cares about you. Someone's thinking about you. You're important. Now, he went ahead and went on home to be with Jesus, but not without knowing that someone was out there standing there with him as he made the journey. Well, there's so many things we can can do, so many little things we can do, And and they're big. They're big. We could go on all night. We're out of time. Amen. Amen. You want to you want to close? Yeah. Good? So um, I, I want you to find someone in here tonight, and I want you just to go to someone. It could be a threesome. Doesn't have to be just a twosome. I want you to put your your hand on their shoulder, and I want you to pray for them as we leave tonight. And we'll pray together. So someone, if you're sitting alone, just go sit with a friend real quick. And God just directed me. He wants the brothers and the sisters to pray for one another. James says, James 5 says, every person needs at least have one person sitting beside him. At least one. No one's to be sitting alone. James 5 says, pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. 
pray for one another that you may be healed. So right now, you're going to give unselfishly. You're not going to pray for yourself. You're going to pray for one another. And if you happen to be sitting in the middle of a threesome, you're going to pray for the one on the right and the one on the left. So Heavenly Father, right now, we just lay our hands on that person next door to us. And we pray for them. We pray your blessing. We love them because you first loved us, not because they deserve or don't deserve or valued or not valued. We love them because of the blood of Jesus that was shed for them. We appreciate you made them God. You made them. You said that you crafted them. You actually made them in the womb. You planned them. And so they are valuable. And we thank you, Lord, that they are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And I'm asking that the person on my right, the person on my left, the person next to me, that they would be able to walk in the good works that you've commanded them to walk in. I pray that tonight they'd be filled, according to Colossians 1, they'd be filled tonight with the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, they they have a walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, being fruitful in every good work. Strengthen every one of us with might by your spirit in the inner man and help them to have a merry Christmas and feel and experience the love of God in their life. In Jesus name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.